y'all, and welcome to the very first episode of Wander, Forage, and Wildcraft. I'm Abby Artemisia, and I own the Wander School, which stands for Wild Artemisia Nature Discovery Empowerment and Reconnection School, because that's really what I believe and what I feel like my calling is here in the world, is to bring nature connection and reconnection and empowerment to you. So we'll talk more about that in a little while. But first I want to talk about what is wildcrafting? What does that word actually mean? Have you heard it before? I've mostly heard wildcraft as meaning to forage medicinal herbs. But for me, it goes further than that. To me, wildcrafting means really foraging anything because it really is a craft. There's a craft to knowing the plants, to recognizing them and knowing who they are. And there's a craft to knowing how to forage them sustainably, ethically, and safely. And then there's the craft in processing them and making them into food and medicine. So that's also what I'm here to talk to you about. So my purpose in creating this podcast is to create connection between us, you and me and the whole wildcrafting community, and of course between us and the plants and the mushrooms that will be wildcrafting. And to empower you to really feel comfortable to get out there and do it yourself. Of course, there's a lot more than just listening to me talk about it, but hopefully between hearing my words, seeing the plants and mushrooms out in nature, seeing my pictures and the classes that I'll be putting online, but also hopefully coming out in the field with me or another wild crafter you can really trust, all of those things will create a feeling of empowerment in you so you feel comfortable to go out and do this on your own and hopefully with your community. So I really hope that you'll not only listen to this podcast, but also comment with your thoughts and what you'd like to learn about and what you'd like to hear from me in the future. I'm super excited. I've been dreaming about this podcast for a long time. So I'm excited to finally be able to bring it to you. And I hope that if you like it and you learn something, you'll support me in this on my Patreon site. And I'll put the link down below, but it's patreon.com slash thewanderschool. And Depending on which tier you donate at, I'll have some super exciting and awesome gifts. Did you notice my awesome logo, too, for this podcast? That was designed by my friend Sigrid Nielsen, who is super amazing, but that one's just a placeholder. She's going to make an even cooler one in color for me that you'll be able to get a sticker of if you donate just a little bit of money or a t-shirt if you donate a little bit more money. So check that out and check Sigrid out. I'll put her link down below too. And I'm excited about future shows too because I'm going to be bringing on lots of guests 
who are also wild crafters and have specialties in their particular fields. So keep listening and please tell all your friends. Share it wherever you can. And thanks. I super appreciate it. So what I wanted to do with this podcast is to share with you a little bit of the life of a wild crafter. So tell you what's going on in my life right now, what I'm wild crafting, how I'm crafting it, how I am harvesting it, what I am doing with it, and some fun tips and tricks for herbal medicine making and wild food cooking. So I'm going to jump into what's going on with me right now and what I feel like is going on with a lot of the world right now, and that is transition time. Are you feeling that way right now? It's the transition between summer and fall here in Appalachia, in the Appalachian Mountains in North Carolina, where I am. The seasons are definitely changing, and it's easy to tell. The leaves are changing colors. And they're starting to drop their leaves from the trees. And the nights and mornings are getting cool. And you can feel that things are changing. So I have a lot of change going on in my life right now. I just had a very bittersweet transition. This Wednesday was the last day of my Wild Apprenticeship program, which I've had going on for the last two and a half years, and I've had some of the most amazing students. So if you are one of those, thank you very much. And it's just been an incredible experience for me. I'm so grateful that I got to offer it. My apprentices taught me so much, maybe even more than I taught them. They really taught me to look at nature with fresh eyes. And so through that, I was able to find so much joy and gratitude in nature and our expeditions together. I saw things through their eyes, saw these plants and mushrooms for the first time, and tasted them again for the first time. And it was just so amazing to me. So I hope that you can find that joy and gratitude too. And what made it even more fun and special was the connection. Connection is such an important thing to me. And I feel like such a purpose for me in the world. So when I first started in this work, I felt like my job was to connect and really to reconnect. Because I feel like we all come into the world with this natural connection with nature. But then a lot of times we lose it. And so we have to reconnect. And so I thought my job was to connect and reconnect people with nature. But what I've learned over the years is that the connection with other people is just as important, if not even more important, because we're all seeking that right now. It seems like such a lonely time in the world. We have all this imposed connection and kind of false connection through all this social media. It's supposed to connect us, but are we really, really connecting? Are we really connecting deeply? And it doesn't feel like that to me. So when I see my students come together in nature and 
start sharing what they're seeing and even teaching each other, it's this amazing magic that occurs. And so that's what I really want for all of us. So other transition I have going on in my life right now is that I'm getting ready to move. And so there will be more on that as time goes by that I will share with you. But that is a big thing, right? Because our connection to place is a big thing. And being connected to our habitat and what's growing around us, which is our food and our medicine. And I believe the best food and medicine for us because we're adapted. The food, the plants, and the mushrooms around us and us, we're all adapted to the same habitat. So I believe those are our best food and medicine. So it really changes that connection when we move. And the other thing is that my lovely daughter, who's almost 16, has left for boarding school. So that's been a really interesting transition. We've been really, really close her whole life. So big time of transition for me in my life. What transition is going on for you in your life right now? Please share that with me and let me know. So right now, along with transition time, the big transition is that it's harvest time too, right? So in the natural world, back in the day, that is what would be going on right now. Everybody would be harvesting crops, And the struggle of this time of year in that harvest is that the harvest time is also the time that you have to preserve all of those things. And that's really hard. I've learned this the tough way. It's really hard to be harvesting and preserving at the same time. And that is what makes community so important and so effective. So that's something that I think about an awful lot. And it also makes me super excited because one of the main reasons that I decided to end my apprenticeship after these years is to start something new. And that new thing is retreats. And they're called Retreat and Reconnection. And they're about just that. And so each one will have a different theme. And this one is Wild Color. And it's the last weekend of September, so the 29th and 30th. And I am co-teaching with Kelly Gaskell, who is a great friend of mine, and an expert plant and mushroom dyer. So what we're going to be doing is spending two days and really getting the gift of immersing ourselves in nature. So how I say it is we're disconnecting to reconnect. We're disconnecting from the daily grind, the daily noise, the daily social media and constant stimulation to really reconnect with nature and with each other, to be able to hear ourselves, our needs, more deeply. Those things that we have a hard time hearing on a day-to-day basis because we're so busy all the time. So we're going to go out. We're going to take plant walks. We're going to learn the plants and the botany, learn some identification tips and tricks. 
And we're going to be doing some foraging and learn how to do that safely and ethically. And then we're going to cook a wild meal together. We're going to make some tea out of what we forage that you get to take home. And then on Sunday, after we've done all of those fun things and eaten together and drank our tea, then we'll get to spend the day dyeing. So making natural dyes with Kelly from plants that we foraged and mushrooms that we either foraged or if we don't find any that I will bring for us to dye with. We'll be dyeing scarves, silk scarves, and also yarn samples so that you'll get to take home these samples that you'll label each color and each yarn with what you dyed them with. So it'll be so much fun and a great chance for connection. So check out the link below on that and I really hope that you come and join us. And you'll get to check out this beautiful place that I live right next to this pristine river where you can go swimming that backs up to the mountains and Pisgah National Forest. So come check it out and hang out with me. It'll be so much fun. Um, One of the plants that we'll be dying with is goldenrod. And it's out right now. And it's so beautiful. I really feel like these bright yellow flowers, especially the ones that grow this time of year, there's just something about them. And they really internalize the sunshine. So they hold it for us. And I think Matt Wood talks about this too. But they hold in the sunshine and they keep it for us all winter long. I love making tea out of goldenrod. It's really amazing because the goldenrod, everybody thinks that it's causing their hay fever this time of year, but it's actually most of the time the ragweed that's blooming at the same time. And the goldenrod is an amazing antidote for those allergies. So I love drinking the tea. It has a very unique kind of musky taste to it. I preserve it in tincture, in an alcohol tincture usually. And my favorite thing to do with goldenrod is to infuse the flowers into honey. And it's so beautiful and so tasty. So I just now wrote a blog on goldenrod. And I really hope that you'll check it out on my website, thewanderschool.com. And leave comments on that too. And let me know what you think about it. And then you can also join my email list and you'll get emails about when there's new podcasts, when there's new blogs, um, my great herbal and wild edible recipes, and what my upcoming classes are and when they're coming close to you. So something else that's going on right now too is that everybody is freaking out a little bit around me because... They're preparing for the hurricane, Hurricane Florence, that's supposed to be hitting. It's already hit the coast, and it's moving inland. And usually up here in the mountains in western North Carolina, we don't get hit too badly. We just get a lot of rain. But we're supposed to get an awful lot of rain on Sunday. So everybody's preparing for that right now. And thinking about what can you do to be prepared and stay safe. And so one of those things that people are talking about is making sure that you have enough 
clean water, and enough food. So I'm really blessed to be living so close to a spring and a well. But something that one of my friends brought up is that with such a great amount of water flowing through from the rain, it can be hard, you know, if your pump shuts down, if you don't have electric to get clean water. So it's a good idea to keep big jugs of clean water and fill your bathtub just in case. So I've done that. But also thinking about having enough food on hand. So yesterday I was out and somebody was saying, wow, the grocery store has already run out of bread. So what do you do to make sure you're prepared, right? Because the refrigerator might shut off. You might not have electricity. So what do you do? And honestly, the best thing that I can think to do is to be a knowledgeable and experienced wildcrafter, right? To know your wild plants and to do foraging, do a little bit of every day, and then preserve your harvest so you'll have it on hand. You'll have it on hand all winter long, and you'll have it on hand in case of emergencies like this. So one thing that's going on right now in the wild is that all of the wild greens are coming back, and they're starting to regrow, and they're starting to lose that bitterness of the hot summer. So the heat makes the greens, especially naturally bitter greens, even more bitter. So now is a great time to go out and start harvesting wild greens again. Um, Some of my favorites are dandelion, for sure. I don't know if you know, I have a dandelion tattoo on my chest. It's really special to me. And... um, Also, other things like violet greens, which you don't want to eat too much of because they can cause diarrhea, but they're also super tasty, so you can mix them with other greens in salad. So you could mix your greens like a little bit of dandelion, a little bit of violet, and then the bitterness of the dandelion is mixed with the mildness of the violet. And you could also throw in some chickweed, which is probably my very favoriteest wild green. And that's starting to regrow again now. It doesn't like the heat of the summer. It likes the cool temperatures. And in some areas, it will even grow through the winter if it doesn't get too cold where you are. And chickweed is so great partially because it's one of the few wild greens that actually has a fair amount of protein in it. So if you're in a survival setting where you don't have very much available to you, protein is really important. So look for chickweed. And, um, you know, my, I don't know if you know about my wild edible and herbal plant cards, but they're on my website and on my Etsy site at the Wander School. Um, They have all of these plants included in there. So you want to check those out, they're for sale there. Um, But definitely get to know your wild greens and think about how you can preserve those wild greens too. So for teas, you could dry them, but for food, you could ferment them and that would be a pretty simple, easy, and tasty way to go. And there's so many recipes online, so check that out. Um, But also, we're getting into fall now and getting into root digging season. So that's super exciting. So speaking of dandelions, dandelions are also one of my favorite wild roots to forage. 
So, um, dandelion, burdock is wonderful, Jerusalem artichoke, and um, chicory root too. And so I like to take all four of those, all which are in the aster family, and harvest the roots. I like to get them when they're very small, about the diameter of your pinky. And then usually you don't have to take, like on the burdock, it will get a hard root bark. And so when they're that young, usually it hasn't hardened yet. So you don't have to peel them. But just clean them really well with a vegetable brush. Chop them up into small coins or leave them in sticks and brine them. So some nice apple cider vinegar, a little bit of tamari or soy sauce, maybe some wild onions I like to throw in there, maybe even a touch of spice bush berries, which are just starting to come out now, and that's super exciting. So if you look at my Instagram, um, The Wander School, or my Facebook, also The Wander School, you can see pictures of Apprentice Day on Wednesday, and we were so excited because the spice bush berries are just starting to ripen, and they're one of my favorite wild spices. So generally, I dehydrate the berries, and then um, you can just throw the whole berry into the coffee grinder and grind them up, and they're pretty strong, but they're a nice kind of like allspice substitute, which is what the settlers did with them when the spice trade was difficult or non-existent. So check that out. They're also awesome as a pumpkin spice. I make a pumpkin spice latte um, of my own with spice bush berries. I'm going to have to make a recipe for that to put on the blog. So good. And um, my friends will use them to flavor pumpkin pie or applesauce. So see if spicebush is growing. It grows wild as a shrub in the woods, at least in the eastern United States. So it's a really awesome one. It's also a great one to replace invasive um, shrubs with. So I love replacing honeysuckle with it or privet, things like that. So check into spicebush. I'm sure I'll have tons of pictures of them up all over my social media because they're so gorgeous. And yeah, check out the rest of the pictures I posted from Apprentice Day on Wednesday. We had such a lovely time. We found a ton of oyster mushrooms, so keep your eye out for oyster mushrooms right now. They're starting to come back. And we cooked them in the field, and I think that makes them even tastier. We also found painted bolletes, which are beautiful and actually look painted. Um, we harvested spice bush berries, and one of the most exciting things was that we found about 10 wild ginseng plants, and my students had never seen ginseng in the wild, so it made it super extra special and magical. And then what we did was we harvested some of the leaves so that they wouldn't be as easily noticeable because in places where ginseng grows, there are actually poachers and it's really sad and they steal the ginseng and they harvest it pretty much to extinction. So if you harvest the leaves, it does a couple of things. It makes them somewhat invisible to the poachers 
And at this time of year, it's nice because they're not really photosynthesizing anymore. So we don't have to worry so much about taking their food away. But the other thing that I learned from my friend Jeannie Dunn, who has the wonderful company Red Moon Herbs, is that there's often as much ginsenocides, which are believed to be the medicinal component, even though we know that the whole plant is what makes it medicinal, right? But it's a very medicinal part of ginseng. And there's believed to be as many ginsenocides in the leaves as in the roots oftentimes. And there's cool new studies and research coming out on that. So check into that if you're interested. So what I'm doing is taking those leaves now and tincturing them. And then we can have a sustainable ginseng tincture. So it's super exciting. So I really got to thinking, what makes rare plants so special? Why are they more special than something we see all the time, right? Like chickweed maybe, um, or any violet, or any of these other things. And I really do feel like all the plants are special, but there's something about something that is rare that we don't see very often that makes it special, right? So maybe think about that and what is it that makes those rare things special to us and how can we make the everyday things more special? It really comes down to being more present in our lives, right? And noticing what makes everything and everyone special all the time. And and so I think it's about giving those things meaning. So I'm from Ohio originally, and there are a lot of cardinal birds there, right? So the red and black birds. And so they become really commonplace. Um, But I've heard that in Asia, they're super special because they're super rare. But they're special to me because they're special to my dad. And there's something about them that he associates with his dad. And so every time I see a cardinal, it reminds me of my dad, and it's super special. So I really want to encourage you to create those connections for yourself and see the magic in everyday plants and mushrooms and everything around us. So with that, I'm going to close for today and say thanks again so very much for listening Please share this with anyone you think might be interested. Share far and wide. And please leave comments down below. And please, if you feel moved, if you enjoyed this episode, then please subscribe and please support me on Patreon, patreon.com slash thewanderschool. Thanks, happy trails, and I'll be talking to you again soon.